speak up. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Casper-Cook of Michigan Avenue Media, Good Stories, Good Story. And we have Chris Carlson today, and she's very interesting. I've been doing a lot of research on her, and there's a lot of good points that we're going to cover today that will help writers out there uh, on marketing, on how to write a story, and so so many different aspects. So today's going to be a really good show. Uh, before I forget, which usually I do, uh, next, uh, next week uh, Dick Belsky will be on. And he's going to be talking about his new book. And uh, he's an interesting guy. He was just on my Hello Hollywood show, which seems to be doing pretty well because people are liking it. We just kind of chit-chat about different uh, series of movies because uh, that's what everybody's doing now. You know, the TV shows are a huge thing. And everybody's home. everybody's been home. Now people are starting to get out, but they're still watching all the series. So they kind of get hooked. So we've been talking about a lot of different things, old movies, new movies. So that's been fun. So he was on last week, and um, but now he's coming on to promote his book, and we'll talk about that. But now we're going to talk about Chris. Hi, Chris. I'm so glad you came. Um, we almost, you know, we, we mixed our signals here. So today's a Thursday show for me. And uh, how are you? I'm great, and thank you for having me back. Uh, oh, I, I was on the show a couple of years ago, and, and I really appreciate this this opportunity to talk to you again. Well, now it's just you and me. I mean, before we had a few other people, <laughs> so sometimes everybody doesn't get to say, you know, what they want. But we're on for an hour, so you know, when I have other guests, we all talk. But I think this is just going to be you and me. And you have so many interesting things that I found when I was doing research on you. But why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, and then we'll just get on with the show. Uh, well, I was uh, born and raised in Chicago um, from early on, and then we, my family moved to Southern California, and I went to um, high school and college. I went to UCLA in, in Southern California, and um, and you know, I, my father was a, um, a history professor, so and I'm an only child, so I, you know, I was, I, they kind of, I think my parents were so young when they had me, they didn't know how to talk to me other than to, to talk to me like I was a little tiny adult. Yeah, so you know, right. sitting around, sitting around right. the table. Right. Yeah, they would. You know, my father, <laughs> my father went through uh, went to through college on the the VA, the VA benefit thing. Um, so he would he would take me. My mom was would work during the day, and he would take me when I was small. When he had to go to museums and stuff, he would take me with me with him, and he would talk to me about what he was learning. Like we'd go to the the Field Museum in Chicago, and we'd you know go to the, the the Egyptian Which is a great museum. I mean, they, those were really good oh, museums. I mean, museum. you know, yeah. 
And he would talk. I'm from Chicago. Very seldom does anybody talk about Chicago. We don't. I don't know if there are oh. people that are from Chicago that are on the show. So it's very interesting to hear you say about the Field Museum. Right, they're good places. Oh, and to a little kid, the Field Museum. Yeah. Because you walk into the Great Hall and they have all the dinosaur dinosaur yeah. skeletons, <laughs> yeah. and it, to a little kid, it's just awesome. You just go, yeah. like, "Oh my yeah. God!" You know. And then my dad would take me to the different rooms and he'd talk about what the Egyptians believed and stuff. So I grew up with history, and and we would yeah. talk at the dinner table about it. And my mother is a voracious reader, so she would talk to me as as I got older. She would talk to me about about you know you should read this book. It's really good. One of the first books I remember she recommended was a book called Catherine. And it was a romance, and it's kind yeah. of a classic, and I can't even remember it. But, but yeah, she, you know, she, she handed me Gone with the Wind when I was twelve. You know. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a good, but actually, that's a great background. To go, you know, especially even before you went into high school, you had all this in your head. So, yeah, I mean, because yeah. most kids don't have that in their head by the time they get, you know, when they get to high school, they just have to learn it there. But it's interesting that your mom and your dad together, you know, really brought you up in a way where you could see why you're interested in, in all your books. You Well, you have so many different types of books in the historical. Uh, you know, lately I've been having several, you know, authors on. It's it's very interesting. I mean, people are now much more attracted to it, even now because of a lot of the series, too. You know, they're, they're attracted to it. How do you feel about all of that, you know, when you see it on TV now, you know, all these there's there are the crown you know outlanders there's so many things from before we didn't have things like that before because that that was people I love didn't them. want to listen to we even read about it as much and now people are so interested in historical oh i i love them there's there if it's a period if it's an area of the world that i liked or, or a period that i like i love the crown i loved victoria uh, Masterpiece Theater is just, uh, I just yeah. love that. Love it, love it to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, loved uh, all, all, everything from little, even the smaller shows that BBC put out, like Land Girls or Bletchley Circle, um, yeah. you know. And then I like the big grand stuff, too, like Outlander and whatever. But, yeah. um, you know. They yeah, are they, grand. So, they are big. They're big. That's they're a big one, you know. But, like, then they you are. see... Home Fires is kind of a small British show, but it's very fascinating. It's set in World War II, and you saw how these women in this village were dealing with all the men being away, you know. Right, and so you you started writing. Is this, I mean, this is a, this is a tough genre to write because you really can't, you know, hide. You have to really know what you're talking about because the readers know. So did you find it hard getting into that as far as writing it so specifically? Because that's, you can't fool around. It's not like you can't make up stuff, you know, because people really like it to be a certain, you know, a certain way. I notice that on the shows that when they talk about it, everybody's they have to do a lot of research. So how, I'm sure you do research, too, even though you know a lot about history. It probably is so interesting to you. That's how you get all these books. Finished. I do a ton of research, and I don't mind it. So I don't mind writing. I love right. it. I, all my books are historical. To have a, have some kind of historical setting. Right. And I, I write. In, I, I most of all of them. All of them are set in. All of them except one, is set in England, because um, I love England. It's my one of my favorite place in the whole world. And um, and I you know of the first series I wrote had in medieval knights, and I love that period. And I and I, I read tons of um, I. You know, looked at all, did all kinds of research on castles and armor and all these kind of things because I'd been to England a number of times, and so it was great. And I actually like communicated with the with the um, 
the the curator of the of the, of the armor royal armory at the, wow. at the Tower wow. of London because I had questions and she was great and and you know and then when I do the the Bloodstone series he's a Victorian detective and you know so I read a lot about the Victorian period and stuff so I don't mind doing the research and like you said I and I do I do know historical readers do tend to be testy if you get stuff yes. stupidly wrong. <laughs> yes. I mean, they'll put up with a little bit. They'll put up with a little bit of, but not of much, poetic no, justice, not. but not much. It'll give you no a lot way. of space. <laughs> I mean, now there is so much to watch that really, you know, I mean, it really is true. It's very different. It wasn't like this, you know. And because of well, Masterpiece Theater, they started doing it a long time ago. And then, because I know even when I was an agent years ago, they would go like, oh, we don't want historical. But now people do want historical, a lot of it, you know. And um, so I, I tend to think that this is, a, you know, coming stronger and stronger because, and you must love all the series because there's so many series set in England and, you know, all the new series, actually, if you go on Netflix and all of those, a lot of them are are from England. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that Netflix and Prime. And and if you notice, if you go back all the way back, I started watching Masterpiece Theater back in uh, early '80s when they came on with um, with uh, uh, Derek Jacobs, Upstairs. and he was oh uh, no, not not that one where he played um, he oh god, what now I can't remember. I Claudius with I started watching yeah. with I Claudius. And then I watched Jewel in the Crown. And if you look at those were well done. They're beautifully active, beautiful cast, beautiful settings. But when you look at those, how they were shot, because uh, you can tell they're kind of shot on the cheap compared to like Downton Abbey now, you know. Yeah. Um, you see the, how the quality, because we because that audience yeah. has grown so much. Oh, yeah. It, it required a, big, a, a more quality costumes, quality settings, you know. Well, down the other day, made into a movie, so that's really something. Yeah, oh, you know, God, I mean, I know. and that was really good, you know. Uh, and, but and the second I, you know, I, I like the big Christmas. screen, so I thought it was fabulous to see, you know, all the, you oh, know, the costumes, it. you know, the way they look, you know, the way they dress, and you know how important it is, you know. And it's just hard to think that people are like dress other people. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's like <laughs> they get it all ready for them. <laughs> They probably wouldn't like me. Well, and I then to uh, the, the I have to second, change a few times movie. before I'm getting dressed. Yeah. I have to change, and they already had everything out, you oh, know, for them, I, which just seems so well, so interesting to, to have that, you know, kind of a life. You know, it's amazing. You know, to Lady Mary. Kind of then the one, the one scene, Lady Mary comes in and she goes, "I'm going upstairs to change my hat." Oh, yes. Okay. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a but sequel so to the movie coming out at Christmas. I, I think it's so much fun to watch it because, you know, and basically the stories of love, you know, as in your book, are the same as any story. Love is love. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, even if it's years ago, it's still the same. And you seem to, you know, have a knack for doing all of this in, your, you, in the romance area, too. Yeah, um, yeah. The the only the, the Bloodstone series has uh, has some romantic elements, but the the yeah. Nights in Time is definitely romance series, and and the Love and War is obviously romance series. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the new one, the historical romance one, the Akak Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah, that a little. So people, that's your series. new book. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Don't forget that. All right. So tell us about that book and what made you write it. And uh, you know how, what? How are you I, doing I know this probably sounds funny, but you know I I love really well written um, war stories, especially uh-huh. like where I loved 
the series Band of Brothers. I love the series The Pacific. I loved um, Saving Private Ryan. And so I yeah. watch, uh, I like when they yeah, do I like his, that too. The, yeah. World on Fire, when the History Channel does World on Fire and they do the World War II informa- stuff shows. So I'm watching one day, and, I, and like I said, I love those series. I, I, watch, I watch them a half a dozen times, and I never get tired of seeing the acting and the brilliance of them. Brilliant and, and writing. The, and I was the, watching the, history station, the Battle of on the Britain. History Station? History? Uh, the, the, well, it was originally they were on HBO. Yeah. Um, you know, but, and so I was watching the History Channel one day. I was watching, they were redoing, they were talking about the Battle of Britain, and they were showing the Spitfires, and they're showing fighting all these Messerschmitts and, you know, the, the attacks on the, on the cities and the Blitzkrieg. And I, I was looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, because they're talking about how many times a day some of these RAF pilots had to go up and get in these dogfights because they were just so, so short of pilots. And I thought, yeah. you know, there, I think there's a romance, there's a story in there, because there's something romantic about that RAF pilot and, you know, going up. And then you had um, you had Churchill at the end of it, because they held off the measures, they've yeah. held off the Germans. And Churchill at the end of it, that's when he made the famous phrase of never has so much, uh, never has so much been owed by so many to so few. Yeah. And he was talking about the pilot. So yeah. I thought, there's a story there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there is a story, you know, what I, you know, in almost every, every word that they, there is a story in like every scene you see in some of these that you can take another story from that, you know, when you're watching any of those, because they're just, so, it's so different, you know, I mean, because there's such a quality relationship with a lot of them, you know, good and bad, you know, but there's a lot to take away in certain, yeah. you know, when you're watching even like The Crown, there's so many ways they could go, you know, just taking a story yourself and just looking at somebody and because there's always love or the family or some, you know, somebody, you know, doesn't do what they like, which is quite often. You can't follow the, you know, they don't follow the rules, you know, a lot of times. With the Akak girl, I was looking to make, originally make the heroine a, a plotter, you know, one of those girls you see in the movies where she's got the headphones yeah. on and she's got the big stick and a big map. But and I, and I was, but as I was studying what they do, I ran across, they said there was a brand new unit made, the war office made, to free up pilots. And they were called Akak girls, and they were, they were anti-aircraft units with gunners. And I went, you know what, I think I'm going to, I'd better do her. And, right. you know, because she was different. <laughs> she was a brand new, brand new uh, and it was a test. The war office didn't know if they'd succeed, but they had to had to find a way to get pilots up in the air so they get let these girls have a shot at it, and they did great. Yeah. Even when you see the old movies, you know, and things like that, you know, because they do a lot of movies like that, you know, the older movies. And there's a lot of women produced them and directed them, and uh, there's a lot. I you know because I watch all the credits a lot of times, and uh, it's surprising in those days, like you know when they had a lot of these type of movies, that there are so many females that have directed and produced these movies that people don't talk about, you know. And cause yeah, everybody yeah. says they don't produce movies, but they did. In those days, they produced a lot of movies, you know, women, you know. And they did the same crew. Like a lot of times you notice the same names. Because, you know, if you're into one genre, you know, if you, you know a lot of the, sto- you know, the stories that are on, I don't know if you watch um, Turner Classics, but... Turner Classics has all of that on there, you know, um, these old-time movies that are so interesting. And the plot is not huge, but it's such about relationships and the dialogues are, you know, they're different. They're good. They're really good, you know, which is like what you're saying. In a historical novel, you have to really 
be into it. You just can't sit there and go, I think I'm going to write a historical novel. You have to know what you're doing. Do you plot it first? Uh, Yes and no. I I used to do outlines, and then I found out that I never followed the outlines. So I I, um, I don't need to. (laughs) I don't. I I I stopped doing it. It was just a time suck. So I kind of have it sketched out a little bit in my head, and then I just start, and then and you know, and I let it. I just let it go. I kind of write by what they call you know, my seat of my pants in a lot of ways. In some ways, it takes me, and I'm a slow writer to begin with, and they can really bog me down because. I'll get to yeah. a place and go, okay, now where do you go? Which road do you take now? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Because I don't have an outline. But I just um, I found that it just works better. For, but I do have it basic, the basic story in my head. In your head. I know in how it's going to end. I know how it's going to – I know how right. – I have an idea how it's going to begin. I know how – I definitely know how it's going to end. And then there's that pesky middle. <laughs> Are you shocked sometimes when you think of – you know, because sometimes that happens to me too. You know, when you're in the middle of something, you go, oh, wait. And then something comes to you that if you wouldn't have started writing it, you would never have got there. You know, because that's why uh, if you have an outline, you don't get that aha moment because you, you're just writing, you know, it's just like a job then. It's not as much fun and it's not, you know – I mean, I think as writers we like to be more free. So do you get that time when you just go, oh, Boy, look at that! That happened. Does that happen to you when you're writing? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I had it happen not so much, um, not too too often. Necessarily not with the Yak Girl. Really didn't happen. But uh, I did have it with. I've had it with a couple other books. I, there was a point where I got with my very very first book, um, and there was you know it was uh, I got to a point where oh my god, well, how am I gonna where am I gonna go from here? Because I kind of painted myself right. into a corner. <laughs> So yeah, I, did, I said, well, I'm going to do something really radical, and I did something really radical. And, in fact, she's no longer in our, our writer's group. I have a little group of four. We meet every two weeks, and we look at each uh-huh. other's pages and we critique them. Anyway, she, she was saying she was, she's really strict. Like every, every rule that every author's ever told her in every class, she thinks is carbon. She thought it was carbon stone. And to me, it's like rules, writing, rules for writing, can, uh, to me, and to most of my friends in our little group, are kind of fluid, you know. I mean, we yeah. know a few things. Don't keep using adverbs and that sort of thing. But, you know, you can break rules. You can break rules yeah. if you do it right. And oh, so I think so. I, I, I think so. There rule, is no rule. Said, I mean, because look at all the well, authors she, out there. You know, everybody's she said, different. So the first thing she told me was she said, you can't do that. You absolutely can't. I said, well, I'm doing it. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> and and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make it okay by the end. But right here, right now, I'm doing this thing that you say I can't, I, that, that, a, that a romance reader will never put up with. And you know what? It was amazing what, what I got, the feedback I got on there. Yeah, see, I think that's said, oh, that's my God, I was not expecting that at all. And I went, good. I think, and you know, when people are on the show, we do talk about that. Right. Because when we, we talk about that as far as, like, using our own creativity, because, you know, sometimes you feel, I've had several writers on lately that have said that, that they you know they are you know they listen to their editors to a point but then sometimes there's that one point where you go like no this has to stay because it's your story and you can't let somebody else take that away from you because then it it changes everything for the reasons you wrote the story and what's happening with the story so if you if you allow yourself to just make that decision that okay I'm going to do it this way, and then people end up liking it. Then you did the right thing. Yeah, and people are afraid. Yeah, to and, and like I said, you could, you know, you could. I don't. Yeah, 
don't get you, that is one of the things that people like um like you when you tell when when I've talked in like different groups like at the library or something and and new writers will say well what what's your advice and that's one of the things I advise is don't be afraid don't be yeah. afraid to go in deep go in deep and if you and if and you know it's a little bit like being naked and walking down the street you know you got to yeah, kind of get your emotions naked right you know and you, sometimes yeah. you really feel it should be a certain way so i mean and then yeah. if you do it another way it's really not your story you know no, because and if you do it, if you do it, it if you do it the other way it it sounds forced i think it'll sound forced yes right yeah, yeah, because it's not coming from what, how you, you write. Because everybody, no matter how many people you could talk to that are writers, we all write differently. And, you know, we have a lot of the same qualities, you know, how we write and where we write and, you know, how we think sometimes. But our stories are ours, you know. And that's why I always tell people, you know, over the past 20 years, if you're writing something, you know, just write your what you want to write. You know, it's your story coming from you. And don't be, people are always afraid if someone's going to steal it. They're not stealing your work because they're not writing what you write. You know, if you have, a, you know, you can't worry about that. You have to, you know, people don't want to talk about what they're writing. You know, they're afraid. But every word is different than what somebody else is going to write. You'll write a sentence completely different than I'll write a sentence. Yeah. And another thing I tell them is, you know, when people, they always throw up that really old, old thing that they say, you know, while I was here, you just should write what you know. And I say, no, just know what you write because there's this thing <laughs> right. called research. Because yes. if you, if you, if we only wrote what we knew, then we would never have Journey to the Moon or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea or, or right. The Martian yes, exactly. or any of those stories. Because those guys all, those guys were writing about stuff that hadn't been around. That they, it right. was just all out of their imagination. Lord of right. the Rings is imagination, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and just, that, and it's really, it is remarkable though when somebody comes up with some things, you go like, how did they ever think of this? <laughs> because it's you know, and it's in depth, you know, because it's not just a yeah. little thought; it's a huge thought. I mean, you know, it's a whole series of thoughts, you know, which is incredible. You know, I yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm not a huge fantasy reader, but one of my favorite series was Lord of the Rings. And you read it, and as you're reading it with Tolkien, you're going, what made you think of, of talking trees and these ants? And what made you think of little hobbits, and they live in these little these little places, and, they're, and they've got big feet? And, I mean, what made you think of that? You know? I know. <laughs> well, so, because you have, I, I have, like, notes a lot of times, you know, um, a lot of notes. You know, uh, little ones sometimes, and just because so I'll remember it. Do you have that at all, or when you're writing? Do you I write have. Little I, notes I used yourself? to do a million post-it notes. What I do now, though, is as I'm researching, I uh, if I find something that that might be useful to me, I print it out and I put it in a notebook because otherwise, I'll if I don't print it out, I will never find. Of course, I will never find that site again. I will never remember the exact the exact information on it because my you know I just I just know some way I'll get it messed up. So just print it out, and you've got it. Look for it, you know, later. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because, right, because you can't remember. You know, it just doesn't come back the same way. <laughs> it just doesn't. Isn't it amazing you know. how you can never find a site again? You'll go, how yeah. did I not find that site? How did I find it the first time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we don't know. You know, it's just such a, you know, I think people just think that writers, we just sit down and sometimes just write. That doesn't happen. 
It doesn't happen, you know, because we have a lot of trials and tribulations while we're writing it. And, you know, for me, sometimes I'm going like, oh, I don't think I like this whole thing. I'm, you know, and sometimes I just go, okay, I'm just starting over from the beginning, you know, and then I do the beginning and I leave the rest of it there and then I'll see where it fits otherwise because, you know, I have a habit of overdoing and overthinking my story. And sometimes I think I used to be a faster writer when I did screenplays, but now I'm not as fast because when I'm writing a story, I'm always thinking, well, maybe this isn't right, and I have to get over that. So, I mean, as many authors as I've had over the last uh, 12 years, you know, we all sometimes get to that point where who's going to read this? And then mostly you have to do it for yourself because if you're not happy with the way the book sounds, it's never good. You know, it's just not going to be your work, and it's just not, you're not going to be happy doing it. You're not going to stay writing for a long time. You know, you have to... You know, most of the people that are on are saying the same thing that they love writing. You know, and by talking to you, I could hear this because you're a history buff and you're writing. It's not what you know; it's what you want to know. Which is I everything. think with history writers too. Yeah, I think with history writers too, um, we 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 guess we get really caught up in the, that historical moment. It's really easy to get. Um, what I was doing, the Ekak girl. Um, I did. Yeah, the, the, there's the Spitfire planes, which you know, the English Spitfire planes had uh, cameras over the gun ports because that actually was a way to confirm the kill. A pilot had a, a confirmed kill, you know. And mm-hmm. they, so all of that film, all that dogfight film that was done, uh, has been archived. So when I started doing the research, I was watching it from from that actual pilot's point of view, that cockpit's point of view, because it was from that plane in that dogfight. And I watched hours of that, and it's all black and white, and they're shooting down, and they're getting shot at, and yeah, they're the shooting stuff down. Yeah. And it's easy to get – it was easy to get caught up in that and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, because I, I got to experience it without being scared. <laughs> yeah, well, right, you know, and because you write in the, you know, time span, too, in, uh, of the wars, and, you know, which is um, – you know, like I have, I read, uh, I have written a, a memoir. She's not living anymore. It's a Holocaust, and it was uh, called "To Life," and it was her story completely. But I really wanted to write about what was going on at that time, you know, and during the war, and you know, all about what was happening in the world. But she really didn't want that because she didn't know about that. Because when she was in the concentration camp, it didn't affect her. She only knew what was happening, right at what her life was like, not what was happening in the world. But I would have liked to because, and then I would have done more research, and I think I should have done that, but I never did because she didn't want it. It was her story, you know. But I think people, you know, would have liked to know a little bit more of what was going on around because it was so horrifying for her in the camps. They they made up stories and things so they didn't know what was going on. And they didn't tell it, you know, they didn't tell him anything, they, you know. And so I think research oh, yeah. would have helped me, you know, in that particular thing, because I stuck to her story, you know, which was an yeah. intense story, you know. But I would have liked to, you know, maybe put that in, because I think people that have read the book, they maybe would have liked to, to be that way. But, you know, you do whatever, you know, in that particular thing, it was her story, not mine. But I do think that people are, are very curious a lot of times, and that's why when they read books, they learn about things. And, you know, I have friends that always are saying they like to listen to, you know, watch all these new series, you know, that are about, like, The Crown and those things because they like, it's history. 
Yeah. And it's it's and important. It, yeah, and it, they've made it very palatable by by giving it. Okay, you've got uh, the, the through the through the uh, the actors and stuff. They've made this. They made the history very palatable and not and, and interesting. And and you you do have favorites. Then you say, oh, I I don't like I do like Philip. I don't like Charles. Or you know, or right. Anne is. I'm not sure how I feel about Anne or something. You know, you just you, right. And so and I think you, you know, and it's it's a conversation thing. That's what that's one of the when I have the shows. When I, I hope you'll come on one of those shows because it'd be so interesting to hear your point of view of the shows. But I do want to talk about something I found was so interesting that you did your books in English, Spanish, Portuguese. I mean. How did that happen? I mean, everybody wants to do that, but they don't. Not everybody. I, I think it's great that you did it, and a lot of people want to do it. So how did that happen for you? My publisher puts it up on Babel Cube, uh, put it up on oh. Babel Cube, put them all up on Babel Cube. Wow. And then, we, then I've, I've had, uh, I, I had those people, I've had narrators uh, respond, and they say, you know, I'm like the last one, um, a, lady, uh, a lady from Brazil had uh, contacted my publisher through Babel Cube, and she said, I would like to read uh, this, this. She, she translated four books of mine, and they were wow. from different series. I mean, and That's so uh, those were in Portuguese, and then I the same thing with a lady in, 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 um, in Spain. Wow. And right now I have, I have uh, A Venomous Love being translated in French. So it's so, Babel Cube? Um, Babel Cube? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can I can find out the exact link that I'm going to meet with yeah, my publisher tonight. Yeah, if you tonight. could then send it to me. Yeah, because I think I it's will. such an interest. You know, it's a good thing to do. You know, a lot of people would like to do that. You know, and when they listen to the shows, you know, I you know, because you have so many different things, you you market yourself really well because you have a lot of things going on. And, you know, when I'm doing research of the people that are on my shows, sometimes they don't have a lot. So you have, I mean, you've worked hard at this. Getting yourself out there, you know. Um, and the thing about Babel Cube, having to go through Babel Cube, is uh, if you wanted to just have a pair, pay a translator, that's expensive, really. Expensive. Yeah, right. So going through Babel Cube, I uh, whatever sells well, them that right, language. Well, that's right because that's why a lot uh, of people don't do it. Right, it's very expensive. Right. Yeah. But it's it's so yeah. great to have uh, it done though in that way, you know. Yeah. But and you're I didn't know your publisher who it is and. Um, they they do it's it's a very interesting you know it's called books to go now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it seems like they're so interested in a lot of different subjects and their submissions. So if anybody's listening out there, because it's called books to go now, I didn't know about them. Now I do. She's very <laughs> small. She you know she she approached. I I knew her from a, a local writers club, and she. Um, she she's we all ran, have run into the same problem beating your head against the the wall the the standard the big publishers in new york yeah, and who right. knows what they yeah, want yeah. yeah and so she um she was she i she invited me to join her she's also a writer and she enjoyed uh, had me join her critique group and after she read my first book she uh, said would you let me I said, i'm starting a small publishing house um, she said, "Would you let be willing to let me publish your book?" And I said, "Sure." I'm tired of beating my head in New York. That uh, I, you know, I. I well, listen. Free, I, listen. It. I was an agent, and I, I know what I had. So many clients, and you can't get people. There's no way. They just. And now it's even harder. You can't because if you're not, you know, a news reporter, if you're not out in the public, it's very hard to get your books published. Even in, if you're doing a children's book, it's hard because and well-known people are getting taken now. You know, and there's so many books out there they're missing, you know, by not 
you know, even, you know, they don't get past the first, the query letter, which, you know, I mean, you know, you know as well as I do, writing a, a synopsis, I, you know, I had tons of clients, and I always hated the synopsis part. I used to, like, I, I did mostly screenplays, but I would read their, I would read, you know, want to read their scripts rather than just the synopsis, because you really have to read, you know, to get this whole story, beginning, middle, and end. So, and when people send to publishers, they don't do that. They just look at a lot, a little bit. Synopsis. I do too. It's like the worst thing. I, I do not like that, and I don't. I really don't. I don't like writing descriptions. I don't because I think that's really hard, you know. Because sometimes, and I do like a romantic comedy. I have several romantic comedies. That's really hard to put a romantic comedy into like two, two or three lines, you know. And I don't. And I think that's one of the problems. Getting reviews is hard for people. You know, and I don't know. I honestly do not know how people get like three thousand reviews. I, I, I really I don't, don't know either. I've done this forever, and I do not know. And and it's just it's amazing to me, you know. That I mean, unless people, you're Nora Nora Roberts, or unless you're Mike Connolly, yeah. or one of those guys, I don't know how you get three thousand either. I really don't. No, it's really it, it's hard. And you know, and the truth is, if you have ten to twenty good reviews, that should be enough. And I think it is, and I also noticed you have audiobooks because I love audiobooks. So are you happy that you did the audiobooks? I love them, and I think it's a great way for people to go. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm listening right now. I got a, uh, I think almost almost all of mine are in audio, and I have a lady right now. I'm listening to her narration of the Akak Girl. So and it's interesting because she does all the different. She does all the different the men's voices and the and the the pilot's so voice. So she she's doing is a very on, good job. Is that on Audible? That's on Audible. I think it is, right? It will be on Audible. She right yeah, now okay. I'm still re- okay. going through it listening, you know. Okay. And, because um, Audible so. is wonderful. I mean, and you know, uh do you know about the the site? It's called um freeaudiobookcodes.com. Uh well, you know, you know what I get my publisher gives me like 10 10 free codes usually right, with every book. Right, but free Audible it, Amazon gives you all the codes. So it's on if you go on ACX, you can get a lot of codes and if you go on freeaudiobookcodes.com, you can list your books there. Oh, okay. It's really good. I've just been doing it, and I've had a lot of success lately after five years of not having that much success, because but it's doing very well now. It's a great site. called, And you, you get a lot of codes from ACX. If you want, you know, you can call me, another, and I'll explain to you how to do it, because it's really good. I've been talking about it a lot. You know, because people don't know what to do. You know, there's so much out there. I think it's confusing, too, don't you? I mean, you know, I'm on there a lot, and I know you are because you have so much going on here, that when you're looking for things, there's so much you don't know what to do anymore. And, you know, and I, I join this, and I join that, and I join this, and then you don't know if it's good or bad. And then you really can't spend as much time writing if you're doing this. Even if you have people helping you, you still need to be out there a lot. And and that always doesn't sell books, which is the sad part. Yeah, that, that is the sad part, and it's true too. It's it's really you know it's you know you try and you try and you try, and sometimes it just gets very discouraging. But you need to keep plugging along because you like you to write. Going. Right. Every you time know. you think, well, I'm not, I'm not going to write anymore because this is just, it's just, I'm beating my head against the wall and I'm going to stick my head no, in the oven. That should never happen. Writing. No, you can't do that. You and can't then, do and that. Then you you go, just got to keep going. But you know, but there's another. But I would like to tell a tell a story for, about you know this. Uh, 
Yeah, but you, know? you should do. You should keep doing it. Of course, yeah. you should do that. And that's yeah. why you know. But that's why your books, you know, getting them done in different languages is such a good thing. That you know, it keeps your books out there in different countries. They can read your books. I think that's really you know, I mean, that's one of the things that everybody would like for different people of you know that's one thing about the show that's why i love the shows i've met so many people from different places different countries and you know you can't take that away and that's really what all of us are trying to do just get our stories out there because we like them and we hope people like them and i don't think that people realize how much authors appreciate a review I really, I don't think they oh, get it God, because, yeah. yeah. Well, you do. I mean, it's like one of the greatest things, especially this year when people can't go out to book signings. You know, they had to do other, you know, methods of, you know, how to, you know, get out there. It's not easy when you couldn't go to any book signings, no conferences, nothing. Do you go to conferences? I don't. No, uh, not not anymore. Um, I I went to con- went to conferences for a long time and then I kind of stopped going. Um, yeah, but the uh, um, but I did go. I, you know, I did I did go go to book signings and stuff. But it's you know, it's just boy, it's just getting people getting people motivated is is tough. You know, and it's hard, and and it's harder this year. You know, because the bookstores, you know, and and a lot of bookstores, they really they they could help authors, but they're really not. You know, they 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 really because people really love to talk to authors. And they a lot of them have stopped events. I mean, not just before, not just because of COVID. Before that, you know, and author events are really good because there's so many people out there that really enjoy meeting authors. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, it's funny the questions you get. Um, you know, you you, you get it, it, it's just stuff, or if it's, say read the book and they tell you like a, a part that you really liked or whatever. Isn't you that know, good though? Um, Aren't you excited when they talk about your characters as their people? I mean, I think that's oh, one yeah. of the best things because it it means that they care about your characters like you do, and that's what you know. And I every mean, once in a while, you, I try. <laughs> and the, the the thing is, you know, you, with a, I try not to not to let occasionally you get a bad review, and you try not to let that ruin your day. But oh, man, <laughs> you know, it's just it's so it's just such a bummer. But then you get a it, it, great it does, review. It, I, it's right. I had you a, can't help I that. Had a, uh, Oh, Chanticleer gave me a, a stunning review and a couple of them, so I put them up on my editorial page uh, on on Amazon. But I had one lady a reviewer email me back, and she said, "Oh my God!" She said, "I because she she felt like she said for me she said the because she said my parents, my or my grandparents were were in London during the, the war." She said, and it was like the, I got to see the war through their eyes, cause, and which I I felt like good. I did, I accomplished something by letting you well, see the truth, what these though, people isn't it, isn't it? But you know <laughs> that you, if that was your message that you were trying to get across, and somebody said that to you, isn't that good? I mean, isn't she, that like oh, the yeah. best thing? She was, she was so <laughs> cute because she said, so I'd, I'd see something, and she said, I go and tell, my, ask my husband, did this really happen? Did that really happen? And he'd go, yes. And she, and then we'd, he'd sit and he'd tell me something about what, how that worked out in the war and stuff. And she said, and so she's like, well, yeah, her husband said, yeah, that actually happened. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> she's like, you know, I have cute. a caller. Yeah. I wonder if there's somebody on the line. I don't know. I'm gonna. Open the line, and I'm going to ask if they have a question because I don't sure. do this very often. But I could see that somebody might want to ask. But if the person is on the line and doesn't want to answer, don't have to. This is there's no other way to do this. Okay, they might want to ask a question. Hi, it's Marcia. Did you have a question? 
for Chris? Hi, Marcia. Jeff, it's RJ. Just uh, finally got a chance to listen to your show again and wanted to tell you to keep doing the fine work you're doing. Oh, thank you, you back so much. Decade, I think. <laughs> but wonderful oh, think... and show is, is always. Oh, my God, I haven't you heard you for so long. I know, it's been fine. Oh, know, my God, I, I saw, like, but I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to not answer, but I haven't been answering any questions. Chris is so interesting, and I thought maybe somebody had a question for Is there anything you wanted to ask Chris? Well, I just, well, I, I tried to listen in on the Internet on, on Firefox browser. I couldn't hear it, so I said, to heck with it. I'm going to call on the phone, and I can well, hear it. Well, that's what I do a lot so. to listen to shows, right. So is there anything yeah. you want to do, or we'll just, you know, you just want to stay on the line? I just to, to just say, okay. uh, it's wonderful. It's so good to hear from you. All right, thank you so much. Okay, get in touch with me, okay, one of these days, will you? Marshall, keep keep doing them. Um, I always enjoy listening. It's been a lot of years, thank you. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. You're welcome, take care. Thanks. I I thought it might be a question for you, so I just didn't want to not answer. (laughs) Yeah. Chris, okay. Yeah, you know, well, uh, so... what, What would you like to, is there something you would like to talk to the people about? You know, because, you know, I mean... You're not getting out to talk to people right now, so what, what do you have to say? Because a lot of these writers are listening, you know, and they're ready to give up a lot of them. And what you're saying is true. You know, you just got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, um, and you'd be, you know, you're, you, you'll surprise yourself. Sometimes you just have to just uh, muddle through it. And it, sometimes it is a muddle. There are days that you will... You know, there are days yeah. that you're going to write a paragraph and think that, wow, at least I got a paragraph done, and there are days you're going to write five pages and go, yay, yeah. whoa. And then there are yeah. days that you wrote, of the five pages you wrote, you go back in the next mo- next morning and you go, I don't even know what I was trying to say. This is just gobbledygook, and you delete it, you know. And then there are other times that it'll come to you. Um, I just did, I, I had just done a scene last week, a short scene uh, from the story I'm working on right now, and I thought the scene was okay the way it was. I walked away, and, and late at night, really late at night, I like to watch the Great British Bake Off, Bake, Bake Off because it just I find it really relaxing. And I've seen every show anyway <laughs> a million times, but I just watch them anyway. And um, and as I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of also reading a book for not a research book for once, a book for fun. And it just dawned on me like how how I could add something to this to the one character that's talking that's sitting in the pub. And I thought, you know, it's like, oh, I got I'm going to, the next day I went in, and I was able to, like, color him up, so to speak, you know? Yeah. And because I think that, that's bit. when people get yeah. their ideas. Yeah, you just realize there, it. you're, you're like kind of, I'm kind of having a little scotch, you know. Some TV show. Yeah, I'm that's having my scotch. I'm kind of reading my, I'm kind of reading my <laughs> historical, my Bernard Cornwell's Saxon Tales books. I love those. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at Mary per- I'm looking at Mary Berry say, you know, talked about those saggy bottom <laughs> pies. And I went, oh my God, yes, I found, I think I could, I know what I can do with Balthazar. Oh, oh yay. You know. See, that's uh, exactly, that's exactly right though. See, because sometimes I'll be watching a movie and it has nothing to do with what my character's nothing. And I, all of a sudden, something comes to my head, and then I go write it down because I go, "Oh, this happened with my." But it's nothing. It's just your your head kind of just grabs something, <laughs> and it just and then it gets you to the next page that you need to get to. Because sometimes you uh, you get to a part and you go like, "Well, like we, I, you know, what's next?" You know, and and yeah, even exactly. if you think you even if you think you were going to write something sometimes that next isn't the right thing but sometimes just clearing your head and like you're saying you're watching the bake off you know it's something that just clears you 
you know, because the best thing to do, I think, is not just to sit there and go like, oh, what am I going to write? Some Just they're doing something, and it will come to you. Take a walk, do something. And if your characters are really true in your head, it does come to you, which is, yeah. I never yeah. understood how that happened. But don't you find that sometimes, well, I know you probably do, your characters start talking to you, and then you know it's a story because they're alive. Yeah, in fact, when I was writing my very first story, my very first book, he has this, this, it's about a young English woman, and she inherits a a manor house, and is haunted by two medieval knights, and she falls in love with one of the ghosts. And so, um, as I was writing that story, the friend, the second, the ghost, second ghost medieval knight, I was like, he was sitting on my shoulder, and and I finally just in my head had to say, okay, you need to, you need to step back. I will give you your own book, <laughs> but you need to step back right now because you're not the hero of this story. That's right. Goodbye. <laughs> well, maybe they say that's we all understand each other, writers, <laughs> because yeah. it's true. I mean, you know, we we all go through certain things that we do have in common. Like I said before, a lot of we write differently, but we do have the same things that each one of us think about, and that's why we understand each other. You know, good. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what you know. So many years doing shows, you know, and I find it still so interesting. And you know, I think people what they don't realize is they can do really what they want to do. You know, they don't have to sit there and just wait for that idea. They have to just start because if you sit and wait for the exact right time to write, that's not happening. And the exact right story, because once you start writing your story, don't you think it just comes, you know, like you like you say that because you do the same thing I do, apparently, because you just, it, it, the story comes out. Like, it's a storytelling. That's what we're doing. We're telling a story. So it just comes out as we see it. It's not like we planned it sometimes. And that's the fun of it, though, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. You just kind of, yeah, you, you build, it, it's fun when a character can surprise you. Because yes. um, you'll have a, right. suddenly there'll be a, there'll be a situation that you didn't anticipate when you sat down to write that story, and suddenly it's right. here, and suddenly it's like I can do this with you. Oh my gosh, That's you right. know. And 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 sometimes what you really enjoy is you'll have them do something. You'll have a character that you dearly love, and you'll have them do something really terrible. Because not, nobody loves somebody that's perfect, and you'll have him do something that's terrible, right. or he'll say something that's terrible, or she'll say something that's terrible, and you kind of go, yeah, I'm going to have you do that, and and now you're going to have, and there'll be you'll there'll be a consequence for it, but right, yeah, exactly. you know, and you you can just really just mess them up sometimes. But I I was at yeah. a conference years ago, um, and Nora Roberts was one of the keynotes. And she, I, I always took. She had a philosophy that I thought was really applicable to a writer. She said, she said you can all. She said you can always fix. Uh, you can always fix um, uh, a page of bad writing. She said you can't fix a blank page. So she said, so exactly. you know, just sit down. Exactly. She said, there's no, just don't think I, I don't think you're blocked. Just sit down, put something on the page, and look at right. it later. Later. Right, exactly, and that that really is true. I was listening to I I don't do the masterpiece class, but there was one on because we had a story. Uh, I had a show on um, a Handmaid's Tale, and uh, just the people on the show were you know some of them weren't authors, but they were just people we were talking about it because it's such a uh, I I didn't want to watch it at first, and then when I started watching it, I couldn't stop. And um, so Margaret Atwood had something the writer of it, the author of it. 
she had a little quip on, you know, a little trailer and was just talking about the fact of writing, you know, she made sure that every bit happened, everything that happened in The Handmaid's Tale happened somewhere else. So they wouldn't think she was a bad, you know, it was her idea. It was coming, you know, these were true, because I don't know, did you see Handmaid's Tale? No, no. Okay, well, if you if you have a chance, watch it, because it's so intense. But there's a lot of bad things that happen to, you know, the these handmaids. So, but she made sure that it happened somewhere else in time. That So she wouldn't be the one that was just coming up with this. And it was, you know, because there's a lot of bad stuff in it. I mean, it's it's frightening. I have, it, it's like a horror story, you know, but it's so... I mean, it's on again now for the next season, and people, it's just like, love it, and I do too. But it's interesting to hear the author talk about it, but she had like tons of characters, and so she said a lot of times what she did when she's writing uh, a lot of characters, she said she wrote a whole like chart of their birthday, their sign, their eye color, everything. You know, I used to do more of a profile. I don't do it as much, and I do think that's a good idea. So do you do anything like that? That, um, you know, so you can I probably did, in the beginning, I did a lot more, de- like you, I did a pr- pretty detailed one, yeah. you know? Yeah, And then as time went on, um, I kind of, I, I, I do just, I just do a bare bones one now, you know, the hero heroine, I, I do, you know, yeah, right. this color, yeah. I, this, just so I can keep the hair color and eye color straight in my head, and I keep some basics, they're basic, their age, and especially, um, Especially because of historical, I need it. I have to keep make that's sure the right. ages that's, fit or yeah. fit the event. Like with, um, you know, with something that's happened, like in, in the Bloodstone series where he's a Victorian detective, uh, and if an event happens, I have to make sure you know that this is an event that he would actually experience or something. So for to that extent, I keep them. I keep their ages and stuff intact. I kind of put their little bit of bio in there, but I don't. I don't do a real. Super, super intense one anymore. I just kind of yeah, I, I have used it in my to do head it too. And are, sometimes I think it, it might be easier if I did that again because sometimes I go like, well, what you know, not the eye color because I don't use that as much, you know, as I used to use, you know, description that way, you know. But sometimes, you know, um, like maybe their parents, you know, because sometimes that way I get to a part and I go like, what are their parents' names or something like that or. Um, how long were their parents married? Or if I have a line like that, then I just have to go back and go like, well, what happened here? You know, who are the parents and what did they do? And you know, because they, it does sometimes end up, you, you know, you some thought that somebody has about what happened in their past. So I kind of think I, I it's not wouldn't be a bad idea to do something like that. I do do a character list with uh, with their names and stuff, and I put on the character yeah, I, list. Yeah. I don't care how minor the character is. I'll, let's say I'll put on there um, Nessie, and I'll say barmaid at Shanahan's Pub or something like that. I mean, yeah, she's a right. very big player. A, I do a list, but, too. Yeah, like I have that, to do yeah. a list. Otherwise, I will get names mixed up and stuff. And also, yeah, I don't want to get too you know, many similar names. Especially if you write a lot of characters, I think. you know. Yeah. And so I think it's a good idea. So I do that. I have a booklet that does that. But sometimes I want to look through the I, then I read if like I'm doing a series now, which I never did a series. You know, it's a short novella series, but I wanted to make sure of something, and I couldn't remember what. And I was looking through all my notes. I said the best way to do it is I have to go look through the book that's already out there to make sure that I don't screw it up. You know, because sometimes you just do forget certain little details. But you know, I thought yeah. 
I, I need to make more of a uh, a list also, you know, because I, I write a lot of characters that are superstitious. So I thought, oh, well, maybe that she's right. Maybe putting the, their sign in there would be a good thing, you know, astrological sign to know. Because, you know, just for a character trait. You know, because sometimes these things come along, you know, and I, you don't want to, when you're writing, go back to something. So you want to, like, have it in front of you. So, like, you so, and I would, I do think that it would be easier. They don't like this, but I do think this would be great. If in the front of the book, they had the characters' names. See, I I don't know why author I, they'd never do it, but I do think it would help people reading books because a lot you know of who times does it? they don't have that. Who does that? Uh, uh, Bernard Cornwell does it with the Saxon series because the names really? are old Anglo-Saxon names. They're they're either Danish names, they're either Norse names because of the Vikings. Because there's the the you know the constant battle between the Anglo Saxons and the Danes right. and at, you know in, in the north of England at the, at that time that he's writing, and so he will have a list of you know um, Ethelfled and, and Ethelbert and all the and who they are, and then he'll have like yeah. Rag, Ragnar Ragnarsson and you know Uhtred and son of Uhtred. So he does that in the beginning, and he also because he uses Anglo Saxon names for place place names, he will he will have a little map in there, and he will tell you what the Anglo Saxon name is, what it is now, like. Well, I think that's a great idea, you know, I I do, because I think the reader, you know, they don't, they get confused sometimes, especially in a historical, you know, because, you know, especially if you have a lot of characters, too, you know, and names that are not familiar, you know, but I don't know why they just, you know, it seems like a simple thing to do, just like, here's the list of characters, you know, and just so you know, and if you go back, you go, like, you know, uh, let's say main character. Let's say his name is Ben. Ben's mother. So you know, just so people would know, because then they'd go, "Who is this? Who is this you're bringing up?" You know, because people now, yeah. even more than ever, even on the series now, they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Which even when I started writing, they go, "Don't do so much backstory." But I, but everybody does backstory because that's part of the story. You know, but I remember years ago they would go, "Don't do so much of it." But now everything you watch on TV, and sometimes in, if they don't change, if they don't do a great job of changing backward, where you could see the kid is younger or the adult, you don't know what's going on, and it does get confusing to the person watching it or the reader if they're reading a book. They they might not remember every little last detail because we go over oh, yeah. it a million times. Right. Don't you go over things a million times? I I would think you do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I think people don't, and they should. You need to go over it. You can't just write something and not look back. I've heard people say that. They go, oh, they just write and they don't look back. I'm going like, what do you mean you don't look back? How do you not look back? You know, you have to. How will you know where you're going? Yeah, yeah, you know, like especially if you have like, um, yeah, I, I have to, you know, that's why I keep a character list or something like that. And 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 even like if if he has certain like in my Bloodstone series, he has certain detectives he that are in his little detective bureau, and I have I'll have to go back sometimes because there'll be there'll be something in the previous book or, or that I've written yeah. about, you know, one or two of them, a little quirk that one or two of them do that, you know, they yeah. they have a little. They joke back and forth, so we ha- I'll have to go back and say, okay, w- w- which one, which one has the, which one has the, 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 the weird look, which one has is, is got the weird, it has the hair, personality which one's got the strange like wife, that. and you know, yeah, 
We should yeah, say, though, that you do have, so you do have detectives because you were one. You were a detective. Yeah, and I'll tell you that the thing with writing him, writing Rudyard Bloodstone, is um, because he's a Victorian detective, and there's no science then. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it was, it was a, the first story I wrote, with, where, and I'm try, he's trying to solve a, a series of murders, and I sat back, and I had a laugh, and I was laughing to myself, and I said, well, you know, Chris, this is then now you've got to solve this the way he solved it through just old fashioned police work. So you're going to walk this crime scene with him and have to figure out what he can take with him, what he can see, smell, touch that may be right. a clue because you right. have no lab to send anything to. And it was kind right. of funny right. to walk through the because to do it, it is that true because we, way. Right, that's what we were talking about on one of the shows. We were talking about some of the older shows like Rockford Files and some of these old and Perry Mason. It was very different because now it's an immediate, you know, the cell phones, you know, but years ago you didn't have that. I mean, you like if you wanted to talk to someone, you had to call them. You had to go someplace to call them, you know. And when you're writing in the, you know, in the from the years you are, I mean, you – you have none of this. I mean, no oh yeah, you know, computer, no iPhone, none of that, and that really takes you faster. You know, it's a faster find. But you in the in the days before, you don't have that. It could take a long while to find out something. Yeah, and 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 but it 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 really it was um it was it, it when I got used to it then it was kind of a. A challenge. The challenge got to be a little bit fun after a while. Like, okay, right. in my head, I'm seeing this crime scene, and I'm walking through it with them, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I could talk to you mentally, I'm, I'm sending you messages, Rudyard. Okay, what are you looking at? You know. Yeah. Yeah, because it's true, though. I mean, it's so different, you know, as to how they would solve things, because you just can't, like, you know, have somebody send it across the wire for you. Even even ten years ago, like you know, but you can't do that in the you know in older times. You can't. They don't have any of that equipment, so they really have to physically go to the place to see it or to talk to somebody. And that I, I assume is not that easy. So the only thing I time. let him do is he does. I do have because they did have a photographers that they did have crime scene photographers because they use crime scene photographs at the Jack right. Ripper murders. Um, but I, but I also I let him have a young a young policeman who who's good with cameras, and I let him and Roger is he's he's good at sketching, and he will sketch literally the old fashioned way with soft lead. He right. will sketch a, what a suspect looks like from what the victim's describing, and that's the only thing right. I really let him have. Yeah, see that's right because because it, right and that's you know the courtroom sketches you know from the days before you know those are very interesting when they used to have the i i'm sure they still have people writing i think they do don't they have people still in the courtroom doing sketches i think they might yeah you those are usually the reporters and stuff yeah. we don't really uh now they do they they have a computerized system with, yeah i haven't with, thought with, about with that for a while until you said it yeah the sketches <laughs> That's why people like the old, you know, they like the, you know, a lot of the things, we, you know, from the past. You know, and it's not about age group. It's about now they get involved in a lot of the stories from the past, you know, the Perry Masons, the, those kind of things that young people are enjoying now, you know, because they're all yeah. online, you know, they're all on demand or on Hulu. That's, I mean, those are the stories. I mean, some of them are so good, you know, from the past. You know, Columbo. I mean, and because somebody mentioned that, oh, they already know every. The, how do you write something when the audience already knows something that 
know that they shouldn't probably know, but they know, like in Colombo, and then how is it still interesting to people? And it is, and it was, you know what I mean? Interesting as to how he solved it, even though you knew who did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, with with Bloodstone, um, I every Bloodstone book, I write it in two different points of view. I write it in the killer's point of view and in his point of view. So you see everything that happens, all the events that occur, you see them from or the from both of the like I said the the killer's point of view and his wow. and so it's uh, how how they how the killer's thinking what they're and I don't do slasher stories I I don't want to do blood and guts but they yeah. but they're still yeah. killers you know um, yeah. but you but see right, what's going through their right, head exactly. when they're right. committing the yep. crime and because uh, I just don't like I don't even like movies that are bloody really gruesome bloody stuff but um, but I, I want you to see the reader I want the reader to see what's going through their head when they when why they why they killed somebody and then right. what's going through Rudyard's head as he's looking at it and trying to figure out why they killed somebody well that's a good yeah because I think people like to do that I, I think so I do all right so you know it's an hour already so I you did a lot of information here we had a lot What's going on here? It was fun. It was very <laughs> I knew fun. there was a lot that you had in you because I, I mean, you have, you, you know, you've done a lot in different ways, you know, and um, it's always so interesting because it's, you know, and you do have a lot, you know, a lot of thoughts about how you're writing and about how you're marketing and reviews. So it's been great talking to you. It, I think you can give your website for everybody and anything you want to say to them about your new book. Yeah, you can go. My, I'm, I'm at www.chriscarlson.com, and that's C H R I S K A R L S E N, all lowercase. dot com. There will be excerpts there. I've got trailers for most of the books. Um, there's, you know, there's uh, teasers from the different books. Um, I even have a little thing called, uh, you know, little uh, factoid, history factoids, and on a couple of pages that are just, you know, different time frames of, in the world. Um, and then I also have a Facebook, two Facebook pages, but you can go to Chris Carlson author or just Chris Carlson. Um, and I'm, I, I post everything I'm doing, um, you know, like awards or anything on those pages. Uh, the cover for Act Act Girl just won the cover award. And I'm a, that, um, the a Venomous Love, which is the last Bloodstone book, is a finalist at Chanticleer for um, international books. So that that book is I we we won't know if it if it won until June. So there are a couple of good. good uh, it's, well, if you, know, you if I, you I win or even if you don't, you could send me a picture and I could post it for you on my site. Okay. okay. You know, on my Facebook. Yeah. So you know, feel free to send me anything. You know, because as you know, Facebook does not. Uh, we don't. It, it doesn't share as much. You know, and so I have to go looking for people that I know well that I don't see their posts anymore. And they don't see mine either, which is really tough for marketing. You have to find new Yeah, I don't like know what day. Facebook's weird. Yeah. I don't know what Zuckerberg's doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we won't get into that, will we now? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope you'll come on again. And will you come on one of the shows? You know, if you write me a list of the thing, the shows you really want to talk about, maybe you'll come on one of those Hollywood shows because they're so much fun. It's just talking about the shows that we like to watch. I, you know, oh, and when I you said Downton yeah. Abbey, I should have something like that because there's tons of people that enjoy that. I loved it. There, yeah, there's tons of people that enjoy it, and the, like I said, the sequel, the second movie's coming out in the in the, the holidays. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's coming out in December. Oh, 
Oh, all right. So we definitely have to have a show. So write me a list, send it to me, and then, you know, I'll invite you to come to those shows because I think you would have fun on them. It's Sometimes it's fun just to talk about other things other than, you know, our writing, you know, just so we talk about other people's writing, which is really fun, you know, to discuss their characters instead of our own. All right. Thank you so much oh, for yeah. coming on. Okay. And it's been, it's thank been you. fun. So let me know if you, you know, just email me anytime you want to come on. Great. Thanks, Marcia. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And goodbye to everybody, and I hope to see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Have a great day.